Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This episode of The Relatable Podcast is sponsored by The World Reimagined. The World Reimagined, supported by Sky, is a UK arts education project focusing on better understanding our shared histories to make racial justice a reality together. With just over four weeks to go until the launch of the public trails, host cities Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Leicester, Liverpool City Region, London and Swansea are getting ready to transform their streets with globes, each designed by an individual artist who's responding to themes ranging from Mother Africa to Still We Rise and Expanding Soul. The trails will kick off from August 13th, running until October 31st. For further information, head over to theworldreimagined.org. Welcome to The Relatable Podcast, a safe space for open and honest conversations created for Black people. This podcast explores how we relate to one another in our intimate connections, friendships, family, and everything in between. Hosted by three Caribbean women, I am Fiona, a single mom. I'm Shaween, a very near empty nester. And I'm Chantal, a free-spirited monogamist. Relatable, because a shared journey brings hope. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? We're back. Your favorite Caribbean bad gals, island girls, <laughs> women in general. We are back. And let me tell you, it's been an eventful, <laughs> it's been an eventful, I would say, five to six days. And we have lots to share with you. It's also a really special episode. It's our episode. We're introducing our first guest of season two. So we are very giddy. I mean, that's not very different, but yeah, we're very giddy this week. We're filled with excitement and joy to share what we have to share with you. But first, we'll do our check-in. So I'm going to start with Sherwin. 
Lovely. Shereen, how is your week? <laughs> As usual. Lovely. <laughs> how am I doing? You know what? I'm alive. <laughs> I'm alive. Oh boy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm surviving. I'm taking it all in and mm-hmm. being very thankful, <laughs> being very, very thankful that everything is in place. Everything is in place. Okay. Okay. I feel like you're hiding something, shall we? I feel like mm-hmm. this is more beneath the surface. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> What's going listen, on? Listen, there's ups and downs around the corners. <laughs> and things you just never expect but you know what it's all good you know when you try and plan everything you plan Mm -hmm. everything and it doesn't work out according to your plan Mm -hmm. works out according to the the way the universe wants it to work out so I am just accepting I'm happy my kids are fine my kids are happy so everything's good everything good everything 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 all right there's nothing it's nothing I cannot handle so okay. everything iry. No worry. We'd love to hear it. All right. I'm going to roll on over to Miss Fiona. Fiona, how you doing? Um, I'm good. I'm good. I think I feel, you know, like when you're on the edge of a cliff and mm-hmm. not in a bad way, like mm-hmm. you know that something is about to change. Like it's a big change. And this is kind of stemming with our special guests for this week, but there's something big coming and it has been years behind the scenes working on it. And it's just on the cusp of being opened up to the world. So it's a very excitement, anxiety, trying to fine tune everything before we open it up to the world. Cause it's a lot of like three years of hard work, not just me by myself, but a whole team, a massive team of mm-hmm. people from all over the world trying to make this thing work. So it, I think yeah. it's a very exciting time, but it's also like nervous as yeah. well. So I think that's how I feel. So it's not like a bad nervous or anxious. It's just like, yeah, just trying to, you know, <laughs> it's just on the cusp, like I said, on the edge of a cliff kind of feeling, but not in right. a bad way. Yeah. Right. So lots of butterflies, that kind of butterfly. Yeah. Feeling. Yeah. 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 I think it's kind of like the panic backstage before you go mm. on stage to perform that kind of feeling, you know, but right. it's like a good, a good excitement. Okay. Okay. Love to hear it. And nice. Chantal, you, because <laughs> I know last, well, the weekend that passed was big for you. Yeah. Very, very big. Yeah, it was a big weekend. We delivered a three-day festival here in Nevis, the Mango Festival. And I was brought on to support the team to help with the curation of the three days. And we delivered it this past weekend. And it was very well received. And my heart is full because we worked really hard. The team and I worked really hard. It was the first Mango Festival since... Miss Panorama. So there were two <laughs> years that were missed. And so there was that added pressure of we really have to deliver big. Yes. And this was the first time that I actually joined the team specifically for the curation and delivery of this festival. I've always missed Mango Festival because I've been in England. So after returning home in February, and I think I started working, I don't know, was it May? It might have been May to pull together this festival. It's been intense and it's almost like, you know, you're putting your baby out into the world. You're a grown up now, go do your thing. I've nurtured you, I've poured into you, I've loved you. I've given you all the guidance I could and bye. So it was that kind of 
kind of feeling for me. And of course, as one of the organizers, there were hiccups and there were things that we weren't happy with. But the attendees and participants were completely unaware of what we had in mind and what we may have viewed as something not being quite up to par. And just the feedback that we've been getting is so glorious. And I'm really happy for the team. I am exhausted, though. So saying all that. <laughs> you mash up. I, I, I mash up. I so mash up. <laughs> I am not 25 anymore (laughs) Um, and have not been 25 for 25 years. So the reality of that is also hitting me. I'm like, Ray, oh, (laughs) so this is 50. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm really looking forward to this weekend. I have gathered the tribe and we're going to go have a beach day and just veg out on the beach, either Saturday or Sunday. So I'm really looking forward to that. But yeah, exhausted, but good. Still have a few plates spinning there. Some other projects, which I will speak about another time. So happy, intense, exhilarated, exhausted. A fun mixture. (laughs) A very fun mixture right now. So that's me. But we are not here to talk about me today, to talk about, well, yeah, we'll be talking about Fiona a bit. (laughs) We're not really here to talk about Sherwin today. As we said at the top of the show, we have a really special guest. I am going to give you a clue, and then I'm going to allow Fiona to introduce our very special guest. Now, if you are a listener of the podcast, if this is not your first time listening, you would have heard Fiona mention a project that she's involved with, The World Reimagined. And last week, or it could have been the week before, you may have heard her speak about a globe and she has to finish painting this globe and her thoughts about that and how she was feeling. And although you may have an idea just from maybe some of the posts that we've shared, or if you follow Fiona on either one of her platforms, Know Your Caribbean or her personal page, you'll know a little bit about the world reimagined. But our special guest is actually someone who is integrally involved in the world reimagined. And I will allow Fiona to welcome our very special guest. Okay, so Chantal said she was giving a clue. Here's my clue. She's a bad girl. Okay, that's clue number two. <laughs> All right. right there. We have in the house Lady Ashley Shaw Scott Ajay, Global Head of Research <laughs> at Ajay Associates and... Artistic chair of the world reimagined, the woman behind curating some of the most amazing artists from around the world, caring for the artists in this project and really connecting the project to some huge corporations and persons of influence because she's a bad girl like that. (laughs) So welcome, Ashley. Thank you for being here today. We're just really excited to speak more about the world reimagined because As you know, the project is so expansive and it's really hard when people ask what it's about and then how to really condense it in like two minutes. So fortunately, we have this whole podcast episode to speak about it. So we just wanted to bring you in. Ashley, welcome. Introduce yourself. Let the public know a little bit more about yourself, your background, and then we can speak more about the project. Thank you so much, Fiona. Thank you, all three of you. I feel so 
welcomed from that introduction from both of you. And also just to be in the space that you've created, it feels really special for me. So my name, as you said, is Ashley Shaskat Ajay. I am actually the artistic director of the World Reimagine. And I started out as an advisor and then moved to artistic chair and then I couldn't let go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I ended up joining the team full time as the artistic director. But I will tell you a little bit about my background. I know we have St. Lucia and Nevis represented. I will add my Bayesian roots to that. Hey, ah, ah, amazing. Island girl too. Girl. <laughs> we love it. We love yes. it. Yes. So I am third generation American, but my great grandmother grew up in Barbados. And so I have been on a journey over the past few years of really reconnecting with that history, personal history, and going to Barbados and getting into the archives and really understanding my ancestors. And then, like I said, I'm, I am American. I, I grew up in Oakland, California, which has a really beautiful, large Black community and has really been the place where my identity was formed. And I would say understanding that Black culture, Black American culture, art, literature, those were all things in my household that were always discussed and important and having that sense of self, particularly in a environment because of the way that the migration of Black people happened, Oakland became a city where a lot of Black people went. So I always had a sense of the possibilities. It would always felt like we were part of a larger national community, but also part of a, a, an intimate community. And that was wonderful for me growing up that way. You know, of course, there's the Black Panthers in Oakland and yeah. just a lot of liberal activism, whether it's for LGBTQI plus rights or whether it's disability. It's a space where acceptance and kindness and love, I felt like were really important and, and taught at a very early age. And so that's a little bit of my background. Wow, Ashley, that sounds so beautiful. I feel like you've just given us access to your <laughs> own personal journey. Like, I, I just want you to talk about you now. I'm not even sure <laughs> if I want to hear about the world reimagined. <laughs> We may have to have you back on, Ashley. But oh, I love know, that. Before you even get started on the world reimagine, we want to check in with you. How are you doing? I am great. Speaking to you today from New York City, and I have had a struggle with America, and it's part mm -hmm. of the reason why I don't really live here anymore. I live in Accra in Ghana and mm. I haven't spent that much time back in America for a variety of reasons. So I am back and I'm back for a month and so far so good. It is hard. There, there's just 
a lot of struggle here, to be really mm. honest. Some of the values that I just spoke about, about tolerance and love and acceptance, and that just, it feels like we're struggling. And, and I'm not sure the direction that it's going is going to be good for the country. So I moved from the U.S. to the UK and lived in the UK for seven years and then left the UK and moved to Ghana and have been there for three years. So I'm kind of 10 years out. Of course, I've been here, I've visited, but it was a very different place. And at the same time, it isn't. What has happened in the past 10 years is just that we've lifted the hood on America mm-hmm. and yeah. now we see what's below. It's always been there, but I think some things have gotten more, more contentious and that's just hard to watch. So, but I'm here and I'm happy to be here. And so I, I'm happy. Let's leave it at that. (laughs) And it is possible to be happy in the midst of upheaval and very traumatic occurrences. We speak about duality a lot on the podcast. And so you can exist in both places at the same time. Exactly. I think part of happiness, it doesn't necessarily just come by. It doesn't just show mm-hmm. up. You sometimes have to protect your happiness or have to kind of fight for your happiness and make space and be very deliberate about your happiness. And so that's where I am right now. Good. You're intentionally seeking and creating and leaning into your happiness, into your joy. And something really important that you said, Ashley. It's also about protecting that, protecting that space and protecting those around you as well and bringing them into that. So speaking of happiness and joy and being in a space of duality, let's talk about this project. Let's talk about the world reimagined. Tell us what is the world reimagined? Well, first of all, I just have to say, I love the way you say that. So grand when you say that. Something about how it rolls off your tongue. Um, so I'm gonna practice on that. Um, but the world we imagine is a idea that became a project that became a nonprofit and charity. And it started with Dennis Marcus and Michelle Gale, two wonderful people who met one day and had a really profound conversation about what they have experienced in the UK and the lack of information and knowledge around the trafficking of enslaved Africans, the transatlantic slave trade. And they felt like it wasn't really taught in school. They felt like there wasn't a public discourse about it. And that felt strange to them. And they have very different backgrounds, but they both came to this same conclusion. And so as individual citizens, they thought, well, what can we do about that? And they came across sculpture trails, which are sculptures that are the same form, repeated multiple times, but decorated by artists. Mm -hmm. And they bring awareness to a certain topic. So it was very effective in the Manchester City bombing the city put out this be in the city sculpture trail and really helped to rebuild trust and public engagement in the city. And so they looked at that and thought, well, maybe we can use this as a tool to engage the public about this topic. 
And that's where it started. And so a few months after that conversation, after they were working through the idea, I saw Dennis at the 25th Memorial for Stephen Lawrence. So he had known about the work that we do, as was mentioned before, I'm the global head of research for Adjay Associates, which is an architecture firm that really focuses on civic work. We, we do commercial and residential work, but we're known for the civic work that we do. And so I think from that perspective, Dennis was asking me and my opinion on how they create this. How do they go about engaging, particularly due to our history of doing monuments and memorials? So I said, well, really, this sounds like an art project. This needs to be deeply rooted in art. So I wouldn't go towards architecture. I'd really go towards art. And I think you should talk to Yinka Shonabari. He is a phenomenal artist who's Nigerian and British and has really mined this relationship between the two places. And he would be a good place to start. So they went to Yinka. Yinka was just phenomenal. He got it right away and put so much wind in the sails of Michelle and Dennis. And he created the original form, which is a globe. So our sculptures are all spheres. And so our artists then decorate those spheres. He did the first one and called it The World Reimagined. And Dennis and Michelle fell in love with that name and really felt like it embodied the forward thinking and open vibe that they wanted this project to have. So that's really how it started. And then mm -hmm. I would say Dennis and Michelle, they kind of were just going off of their own conversation and the energy from people that they got when they talked about it, but they didn't really know if this would take off. They didn't really know if the British public was ready or interested mm -hmm. until May, 2020, when George Floyd was murdered. And they had been working on the project already for a year, but the outpouring of emotion and anger and love and frustration that they saw, they said, okay, the, the country is ready. People want answers. They want to understand the history. They need this project, actually. And we need this project. Over that time, I was in Accra and I would have these monthly calls with the team and a very, very small team of like three people. And then they would turn into twice a month. And then, you know, I was helping them choose some artists and think through the artistic programming of it. And then it got to a point where it needed to have full-time work. And I really, I just couldn't give it up, particularly after the publication that came out that was written by the government that basically said that there's no racism. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so that was a pivotal point for me where I was like, no, sorry. No, no. <laughs> what will they living in? I was just like, no, we have to tell this story. So that's when I came on full time as artistic director and really dove into that part of the project. But I should also mention that we have three other parts of the project. So the learning program, which really focuses on a curriculum that's built out for primary and secondary schools and then we have a community program, which really acknowledges the organizations on the ground in our host cities who have been doing this work 
towards racial justice for years, if not decades. We are a well-funded national project, and we don't want to come into a space that much smaller organizations have really been working hard at building connection within their space. We don't want to come in and disrupt that. We want to come in and support that. So what we do in our community programming is really build relationships on the ground and hopefully create synergies between different organizations so they can grow and develop. We also have bursaries that we've given out to help support some of the programmatic work that others are doing. And then lastly, we have our heritage collection, which is a collection of hundreds of images which support our journey of discovery themes, which is the conceptual framework that supports the entire project. And we can talk about that at some point later. Hello. Electricity went. <laughs> no! Power cut! <laughs> but you still have internet though. No, it just came back. Like it literally went. Everything just blacked out for a few minutes and now it's come back. <laughs> so I have no idea where in the conversation. <laughs> you came back at the right okay, time. You came back at the Serious? right time. Serious? Nobody would know. Yeah, Nobody would know. Island life. <laughs> Look, I understand. We are in a car half the most time, so I understand. I was like, wow, everyone's really quiet. What you know. <laughs> like the bulk of the project and mm. she was just coming to close it and mm. then you just came in it's fine it's fine amazing it's fine. <laughs> that's great i can't believe that oh. i but think yes. we should leave that in <laughs> <laughs> but ashley was just speaking about not just the artistic program but the community program and oh. the heritage program so she's just, just speaking about the heritage program. So I'll, let's actually continue. So the heritage collection is a collection of images, of hundreds of images that support our journey of discovery framework, which is the conceptual framework that supports the entire project. And it's what we really use to help the British public understand this history. So I'm happy to go through those themes. Is that helpful? Yes. Yeah, I'll definitely say so. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, perfect. So the journey of this discovery was really developed through experts. It was a collaborative effort with historians, artists, writers, educators, really to help to figure out how to guide our viewers through this history. Because it's not really helpful when someone just throws a lot of information at you, or you, you're just reading something and you're struggling to engage. Part of the reason why we've taken this approach of an art education project is really because art has this phenomenal power to go across cultures and languages and create bridges rather than barriers. So we use that with the underpinning of the journey of discovery. So quickly to run through those themes. There are nine of them. 
The first one is Mother Africa. And this one is important because it gives context to the pre-slavery, pre-colonial African continent and broadly just shares the, the culture, the technology, the history, the fullness of what it was to live in Africa. And before that time, too often Africa is spoken about as if it started once Europeans arrived. So we want to unscramble that perspective. Then we go into the reality of being enslaved, and that looks at the reality from capture to transport to life in a new environment. And we go then into stolen legacy, rebirth of a nation. And that's really where we look at how the commodification of human beings led to an incredible economic influx in the UK. Naturally, if you have free labor by millions of people, then naturally you will have an incredible economic boom. So we look at what that meant for the depletion in many ways of West Africa and also the incredible support and influx that it led to in the UK. We move on to abolition and emancipation where we start to understand that yes, William Wilberforce was an abolitionist. He was critical in this movement, in this change, but he was not the only one. There were hundreds, if not thousands of abolitionists and they were also people who were enslaved, who we must recognize the agency that they had in their own liberation. We also understand emancipation. We kind of unpick emancipation and explain that, yes, people were emancipated. There was a law. They had rights in theory. But in reality, what did that look like? It wasn't as if they just now were able to find another job. So we really expose what that reality looked like. Then we move into a complex triangle because, of course, this period of history lasted so long that there was really a seismic shift. So West Africa, the Caribbean and Americas and the UK and Europe, they became indelibly connected. And so what did that look like? How did it evolve? We look at World War I, World War II, where West African soldiers, for example, were on the front lines of those wars on behalf of Europe in a war that really didn't mean anything to their day-to-day lives and they were fighting for on behalf of mother country so to speak and we also look at the Windrush generation of course again how did that relationship between the two places evolve and how did it not evolve we then go into echoes in the present and this is where we really look at the psychological behavioral all the ways in which this history still lives with us so One of the things that you hear often when you bring up this topic is, oh, but that was so long ago. Why are we still talking about this? Let's move on. Well, yes, we do want to move on, but we have to understand what lives with us right now in order to move on. So that's where we explore that. And we look at infrastructure and health and education and different aspects of daily life, particularly in the UK to understand that relationship. Then we move into Still We Rise, which is where we acknowledge the significant barriers and challenges that were put in place. 
and how people still rose above that and how we have extraordinary leaders in many fields who have just done incredible work. And we want to acknowledge that, whether it's in activism or sport or TV or business, we celebrate those people. Then we go into expanding soul, where we look at the impact of the African diaspora culture. And so it's interesting, the hybridity that comes out of that. When you look at grime, for example, it's completely Black music. And at the same time, it's very British. And so we celebrate some of that. We celebrate that hybridity, Jamaican patties, all these cultural things that have now become woven into another fabric. So then lastly, we go into reimagine the future. And that's where we say, okay, we have literally walked this journey together because each globe represents one of these themes. And it's about a 60 to 90 minute walk to go through the whole trail. So we've walked these trails together. You have looked at the artwork, looked at the interpretation of these themes by our glorious artists. And now in this ninth theme, okay, what are we going to do with this? What are the changes that you're going to make? What's the future that you hope for? That's really what that theme explores. And then lastly, in our trails, we have one globe that is done by a community artist. So that's someone who's from the city or borough where the globe will be stationed. And they have had outreach into the community to really understand how this history is understood and impacts this local space. Because the history of Liverpool is very different as it relates to the transatlantic slave trade or trafficking of enslaved Africans, is very different than Swansea or London or Bristol. Those are all some of our host cities. So that's a brief run through the journey of discovery. Wow, it is such an expansive project, Ashley. Even just sitting here, taking it all in, even though, of course, with Fiona being a part of it, we've had an idea of how huge this project is and the many different, I guess, branches of the World Reimagined Tree. So you've been working with a really wide range of artists and community groups and so forth. What I wanted to know is, although this is a story, of course, that impacts on anyone of African descent, we've noticed that you've decided to not work exclusively with Black artists. Yeah, this has been a deliberate but very challenging internal debate that we had to figure out what what is this yes so tell us why why was that decision made and I feel pretty strongly about it actually (laughs) because my issue with the portrayal of this history is that it is black history That Mm -hmm. is how it is portrayed. This is the history of Black people. Right. And that is not true. This is a shared Mm -hmm. history. This is the history of what a group of Europeans did and impacted West Africans. And there were, of course, many people involved. But the point is that it's shared history. And so I think it's a disservice to say that it's Black history because then that means that the root of this 
sits with Black people. And, mm-hmm. and I don't think that that's accurate. And I don't think that that's a place of empowerment for Black people. So yeah. for me and for the organization, it is shared history. And one thing that we must acknowledge is that that history has disproportionately impacted people of African descent. So again, when we look at echoes in the present, when we look at disparities, economic disparities, when we look at health disparities, et cetera, economic disparities for Black artists are significant. It is much harder for Black artists to get a gallery representation. It's harder for them to get solo shows. So while I feel very firmly that we need to include many different voices in this and make the point that this is shared history. We also need to make a special effort and be deliberate about how we engage black and brown artists. And the the significant majority of the artists are black artists or artists from African descent. Yeah. And I really love that you've been very adamant about the fact that it is shared history because by taking those that perpetuated the crime, because it is a crime, it was a crime, mm-hmm. you're almost absolving them of any accountability. Exactly. Yeah. So I do agree that it's important that there are others that are included within this and within the artistic expression as well. And just circling back to what you were saying about Black artists not having the representation and the access to galleries and support within that support system for this project, you know, this is as beautiful as I know some of the globes are going to be. It is a very traumatic history uh-huh. and, and the generational imprint on our DNA is real. Uh-huh. And the evidence is there to support that in terms of our mental and emotional health and generational trauma. How are the artists actually being supported through this? Just because I guess revisiting this is like for me, I decided to stop watching films about enslavement and the slave experience because it was like, you know, when you have a wound and you're picking at it and expecting it to heal, but it's not going to heal if you're picking at it. So I made that decision for myself. So how are the artists who are involved in this project, how are they being supported? That's a really important question. Um, first and foremost, we acknowledge the the heaviness of this history and we really want artists to first and foremost be focused on self-care you can't move forward if you if you're not taking care of yourself in that self-care that's focused on mental health and how do you protect your mental health like we were saying protect your happiness how do you maintain your mental health and so We have resources that we suggest if anybody is struggling. We also often encourage artists to take breaks, take mental space from the project. We have had artists who have signed on and then started their research and have said, you know what, I can't do this. And we entirely support that artist. Mm -hmm. It is hard. It is hard work to sit in this space. So A, we don't want anybody to do it if they're not ready. And B, even if you think you're ready, sometimes it hits you sideways and you just, Mm -hmm. you didn't even see it coming. And I have had days where I just have to close my computer. I have to 
pack it up and either take time alone for myself. I still struggle with this history. I still struggle with this pain. So we are always speaking to the artists about, please take care of yourself. And we will also do that as we open this up to the public. That's really important. In the idea of first do no harm, that's really how we're approaching this project. We're not here in particular to make Black and brown people feel more devastated about this history. What we're trying to do is make sure that this history is not lost and that it's told correctly. But really, we want for this to come from a place of empowerment and enlightenment, not a place where people are turning inwards and starting to feel sadness and 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 heaviness even and heaviness exactly about this and I as artistic director I made a firm decision that I don't want to see any torture or bondage in any of our artists work and that was challenging in some ways because I'm here to champion artists I'm here to give them space to be creative and to interpret this history but not at the cost of people who will feel that trauma. And I also feel like in the visual history, uh, the way that this story has been told, we have seen a lot of that. So we don't need any more bondage. We don't need, (laughs) right? I want to hear about the humanity within this and Mm -hmm. how was that held intact? I want to hear about the ingenuity within this and the creativity and the intelligence within this horrific system that was built. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This episode of The Relatable Podcast is sponsored by The World Reimagined. The World Reimagined, supported by Sky, is a UK arts education project focusing on better understanding our shared histories to make racial justice a reality together. With just over four weeks to go until the launch of the public trails, host cities Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, 
Leicester, Liverpool City Region, London and Swansea are getting ready to transform their streets with globes, each designed by an individual artist who is responding to themes ranging from Mother Africa to Still We Rise and Expanding Soul. The trails will kick off from August 13th, running until October 31st. For further information, head over to theworldreimagined.org. It's so interesting, you know, you said that, Ashley, I remember some time ago, probably last year, 2020, Fiona asked me to help with some research for her. Now, of course, I know about the slave trade, but I don't know a lot about it. And I remember doing some research and I, I just burst into tears. I had to shut everything down. I told Fiona, I'm sorry, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Then I realized what the toll sometimes you know would call us and say boy I cannot do this I cannot do this and she has to shut down and the toll it's taking on her just carrying out that research so it was a rude awakening for me and I don't know how you guys do it <laughs> I genuinely don't know how to do it just reading quite, quite frankly <laughs> well you know I have to be honest I do it for my ancestors and I do it for my children. That's good. That's good. That I think that's a, a an amazing reason, a very good reason to do it. But it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I remember crying and throwing my laptop and saying, you know, why why are you making me do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I couldn't believe what I was reading. I could not believe. So I said, I'll stick to Noya Caribbean, just telling me the little snippets, the small, small doses, small doses, rather than going too deep into it because it's, it was a lot. It was a lot. So I really, really applaud you guys and that project because yeah, definitely more people need to know about it. But anyway, I will let you carry on. (laughs) (laughs) But no, Shereen, you raise a very valid and extremely important point. When it comes to our artists, our historians, our artivists, activists, advocates, the people who are out there doing the work for our community, this is their everyday life when it comes to the transatlantic slave trade. And like you rightly said, you know, even with the work that Fiona does through KYC, there have been times when we've all been like, girl, you need to shut that book yep. and go take a walk or go buy an ice cream mm-hmm, yeah. or come let me go walk up somewhere. And I remember Fiona made a very intentional decision in 2021 that she was going to have more balance for what she was sharing as much for her supporters, but also for herself. So she started to tell more stories of resilience and joy within our journeys and stories with regards to the transatlantic slave trade, because that too should be spoken about, that too should be shown and represented as an experience, because if it weren't for the resilience and joy of our ancestors, we probably wouldn't be here. Exactly. Can I also just give Fiona a huge shout out, because this project really (laughs) would just not happen without her. She has been there from the beginning, and she's been there in such a focused and really present way so I can't even tell you how many times I've gone to her and be like oh Fiona I need your help 
Oh, Fiona, what do you think about this? She's really just been incredible for the project and has helped in literally every single department in every single way. So big, big shout out to Fiona. Oh, that made me cry. <laughs> we need the horn. We need the horn. <laughs> exactly. We need the horns. We do. We're going to put in the horn, please. <laughs> Y'all know me, I get shy when people say nice things. I love that you bigged up our girl, Ashley. I think coming from Sherwin and myself, who are personal and longtime friends, oftentimes we don't really, we, we don't really accept or receive the praise of our mm. friends when they're telling us how much we're shining and when they're yeah. expressing so much gratitude for our work, we may feel like, yeah, but use Miguel. You know, it's Miguel. You have to say that. But actually, we don't have to say that. We don't have to say that at all. So I really appreciate you bigging her up. I really, really do. We would sit here for the rest of the program. And I would tell you, like, and then Fiona did this and it was okay after that. Yeah. And then Fiona, <laughs> you know, then Fiona said this and everybody felt better. And but then Fiona brought up this topic and we were like, oh, we didn't even oh. think of that. <laughs> Me, you know. Good. Fiona, yes. I was just be running my mouth. <laughs> just <laughs> you what? You just know, running your mouth. This thing happened in Barbados this time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Ashley, what I love that you spoke about a little bit about how you envision or would like the project to be received. So what actually are your hopes from the project in terms of the impact that it will have, not just in our community, but on anyone that is choosing to engage with the world reimagined? I mean, absolutely. I want people to learn the history. I want it to be just what it is, an art education project. So I want the woman who this feels like it's a million miles away from her life to walk past a globe on her way to the grocery store and to stop and scan the QR code and learn and then say, oh, I want to go on the whole trail. There's more. Oh, let me see. Oh, let me get into this history collection, this heritage collection. I want people to dive into this rabbit hole. There's a lot here. We have an extraordinary team that has spent three years putting so much information together so thoughtfully. And we do that with a focus on facts. We're not here to make things up. We're not here to promote anything besides the history. We just want people to know. We want people to go to resources that are trusted, that they can learn from. And we also want to create space for Black artists. That's, I mean, that's quite specific to my department and to my personal goal for this. But we have an extraordinary group of artists, all of our artists, but we have Joshua Donker and Swansea. We have Carol Sorhendo, who came from Dominica. We had a funding from the Arts Council England to bring five artists who are based in the Caribbean and come and do a six-week residency in the UK where they do research and they also do their globe. And that was incredible for us because most of our artists are UK based. And to have this perspective in the conversation and from five different Caribbean islands, it was just really 
powerful. And I think it will bring another layer of depth. We have Zita Holborn, who's an artist and activist, and Phoebe Boswell, who's done an incredible oh, wow. Yeah, she's so Phoebe's work. Yes. Oh, Phoebe's done a beautiful globe that really plays with how we interpret joy and pain and emotion. It's really moving. And then we have Keone Grandison and Godfrey Donker, who's an incredible Ghanaian artist. This is my joy, really, to bring these artists into public spaces and to have their work featured so prominently. And we've worked with the city councils and the boroughs to find spaces for them. So that's really exciting. I hope people engage. That's that's all I would like. I hope people ask questions. I hope people go deeper and just question what they have and haven't learned. I always think of the Chenua Achebe quote, and until the lions have their own historians, the history of the hunt will always glorify the hunter. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. yes, legend. Right? Legend. So let's just understand that history further. Let's deepen our understanding of it. And that's my hope for this. Ah, oh, beautiful, Ashley. And so for anyone who's listening to this podcast and wants to find out more information about the project, where can they do that? So many places. They can go to our website, which is www.theworldreimagined.org. They can go on Instagram and that's TWR underscore underscore ORG. Don't forget two underscores. Two underscores. Very specific. <laughs> Otherwise you'll end up on something else that is not us. And it's not you. It's not us. And then we're on Twitter. So there's many places to reach out and engage with us. Okay, brilliant. Well, Ashley, you actually said something just a few sentences back, and it was the perfect segue into a section which we absolutely love. And I would say bring in the wind chimes, but then I would be stealing. Hey, friend, hey, friend, hey, hey, friend, hey, quote from the friend zone. So I will not say it, although I just did say it. But actually, (laughs) what I'd really love to know is, and I like to make this a little challenging. And a few weeks ago, I did something very similar to Fiona. I asked her this question, but I took out one of her options. So I'm going to do the same to you. (laughs) Outside of the world reimagined, what is bringing you joy right now? Oh, that is an easy one. My two beautiful babies who are not babies anymore, but I was traveling recently. And when I came home, that first embrace that, oh, you're back home, mom, embrace was just pure joy. Okay. See, that wasn't so hard, Fiona. You see? Ashley, every week we ask this question and I'll talk about my son and whatever, whatever. And then one week, Chantal said, you cannot speak about your child. <laughs> you have to talk about something else. That's why you're saying it's hard. Because of course your kids will be the number one always. I know, they'll <laughs> always be the number one. And I appreciate that. And I love that. But okay. there are other things that I'm sure bring you joy. 
Yes. Okay, I will give you another one. That's okay. (laughs) Okay, Ashley, do the thing, do the thing. Okay, so there is a vendor in this open air market that we have in Accra every two weeks, I think it is. And she has the bomb dried papaya. And so I have packed like multiple packs of dried papaya. And that is bringing me joy right now. Yes, that's beautiful. Yes, I love it. So you packed up your dry papaya. Exactly. I love that so much. You see, (laughs) intentional joy seeking. I love it. I'm here for it. So here for it. All right. So I am now going to go to Fiona. And no, you cannot speak about Jariah. You cannot Uh speak about your mom. Mm -hmm. And you cannot speak about your partner. Okay. What brought me joy this week was that I was able to tick off my bucket list, mm-hmm. um, doing something for Essence Fest. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, it, <laughs> in the morning, <laughs> I did it. It was a very last minute venture because I had gone to New Orleans in April and then my friend from there, she's been gassing me up. She's been gassing me up for years. You need to come for Essence, girl, you need to come for Essence. And I say, I'm not coming back there just to be a spectator. I wanted to be a participant in it. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I really pushed with my manager to try and do something. And then we ended up getting some time on center stage for Essence. Wow. On Saturday. So that was amazing. Very stressful. Just because logistically, like coordinating dancers from New Orleans, designers. I worked with Melissa Simon Hartman the great designer. She was putting together her costumes and then we're getting some bits from Ghana. Then we're getting costumes coming in from New York via Trinidad. And it was just a lot of, and then also what was funny is lost in translation. So when we're doing one of the rehearsals, like Melissa, she's from London. So she has her London accent and she's trying to direct the dancers. And they had New Orleans dancers. <laughs> and she kept saying, no, go that way, go that way. And he looked at her like, what? <laughs> so there was a lot of miscommunications in terms of how we speak, right? It was a lot of stress leading up to it. But then we did it. And we wanted to incorporate traditional mass into our presentation because it was a carnival presentation. And I, we wanted it to be not just the standard girls in feathers and bikinis. We wanted mm. to tell a story. And we were able to do that even within the whole stresses. It's like our stage time kept being cut down and cut down because we were closing the center stage. So we're the last act of the day. So there was lots of overlaps in times for the previous performers, but we had prepared to like go out with a bang because we're like, yo, even if we have like 15 minutes, we're going to give the hardest 15 minutes. And I was, Mm -hmm. I kept saying to Melissa, because, you know, she was a bit disheartened that, our time was going to be cut down. And originally, it was supposed to be 40 minutes. And they said 30 minutes. And they said 20 minutes. And they said, oh, maybe 12, 15 minutes. And I said, listen, when Beyonce goes on stage and performs for these shows, it's no longer than 10 minutes. It could be six minutes. It's the hardest six minutes. Right. right? And that's what we did. So even in the process of coordinating everything, like I met, um, coordinating some stilt walkers, so the Moko Jombies and you know, there's all of these dancers who live in this creative space in New Orleans, so this apartment block. And inside mm. the p- apartment block is a big dance studio. 
So everyone's apartments are connected by this dance studio in the middle. And inside the dance studio also has all of the costumes of the Red Indian costumes that mm. takes them a whole year to make. They have the kings and the queens and the chiefs all living in this artistic space. Children, grandchildren of these chiefs are now learning to stilt walk or learning how to make the costumes. So it's this big black artistic commune in New Orleans. And I was introduced to that coordinating the show that we did for Essence. So it was really, really, it was like a contribution of Caribbean people, African mm -hmm. people, American people. So it's like a whole connection of the, of the diaspora gathered together on that stage. And we did it. We did it. And, and it was, it. it was beautiful. So I'm able to cross that off the list. I will mm -hmm. say that I did get into an argument with Kamala Harris Secret Service because like, we, <laughs> when we come into the convention center and it's like we're trying to get all the performers dressed and have this big box of costumes of like six costumes a huge raffia skirt that come from Ghana all kind of things and then it's like Secret Service just comes and locks off the entrance they're like sorry ma'am no one can enter and I'm like no you can't tell me you can't enter we're on stage time I have all these costumes they're like no ma'am I'm sorry ma'am I say you're not sorry <laughs> it was just I couldn't care it could have been Obama I don't care who it was but it was Kamala Harris that come and because they cannot tell you that they're coming right because of security mm -hmm. and I got into this massive argument with the secret service which wasn't funny then but it is funny now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't care. I was, listen, nothing was getting in the way of us getting on stage mm -hmm. and doing all the things that we did. And we did it. So um, I can look back with joyful memories. Yes. Good. Good. That. Yes. So that was what brought me joy this week. Amazing, Fiona. And well done to you and the team that pulled it all together, despite all of the plot twists that were being thrown your way, mm -hmm. despite the secret service, all of that. <laughs> With all of that, you were like, we gonna be on the stage. Mine is not as adventurous like Fiona's, <laughs> for sure. It, have to be. it definitely doesn't have to be. It's no, not work. at all. Mine, you know, <laughs> mine is very, very calm and very, so I got a house. I got what? a house what? in Saint I got oh, a my, house. Wait, wait, wait! Hello, <laughs> hello, my You've girl. You've been holding this from me. Say what <laughs> now? You've been busy, woman. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> I got a house, and yeah. uh, let me tell you, it's like somebody took a vest weighing a hundred pounds off me <laughs> when oh, I got when I signed that contract. It was like, yes, I could breathe now. So it's situated about a 20 minutes walk to the beach. Oh, but not even so much. And you say it so casually. Oh, it's, you know, just a 20 minute walk from the beach. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, and it's a beautiful four bedroom house. I am yes. so happy. I am. Oh, shall we? Thank you, my love. Thank you. I am so happy. One thing ticked off that long ass list <laughs> so for context for context Ashley and for anyone that's joining us for the first time today Shaween is relocating from the UK to St. Lucia and she has been very stressed about finding the right 
house. She has been, we have had to talk her down. (laughs) We've had to talk her up. It's like, this is a very, very, very big deal. I am so happy for you, Shireen. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a nightmare, but you know what? I've got it. Everything sorted, signed on the dotted lines. So Mm. I have a place to sleep when I reach St. Lucia. Wow. (laughs) That's huge. A beautiful, it's absolutely beautiful. Chantal, I can't wait to show it to you. I was just going to say, girl, just let me know (laughs) when I can book my ticket. Although inter-island travel is deserving of its own episode. Yes, yes, it is. It is. Seriously. So that's what brought me joy this week. Wow. I have to think about what brought me joy this week. Yes, Chantal. It's It's been really intense. And you know what? My joy, listen, I'm always finding my pockets of joys, huh? But two things stand out. So I'm going to share two things. The first was that I had a pack of Cheetos. Okay. So... I haven't, right? I haven't eaten Cheetos probably since I was a teenager, right? So bear in mind, I am 49 years old. Yes, I'm a plant-based eater. I don't really engage with things which have things that I don't understand as the ingredients, (laughs) whatever. But I have been craving Cheetos and the Cheetos in England taste very different to the ones that we get at home. The ones that we get from home are imported from the US. So they're having the most awful things, but but taste like heaven in a yellow bag, right? And you you, you know, your fingertips afterwards, orange or whatever color, you know that you have just consumed the most awful, the most awful thing, but my goodness, right? And so in the lead up to the delivery of the Mango Festival, I'm like, you know <laughs> I stress and I need some joy and I'm looking at you Cheeto bag and I'm about to buy you right <laughs> so I bought the bag of Cheetos let me tell you I came home I had a shower I covered myself in some locally made body oil by Winnie L so she has this amazing handcrafted coconut and lemongrass hair and skin oil yes shower mm-hmm. oil down Put on my little piece of shorts, my tank top, open up the window, sat a in the ritual, you know, That's right. That's right. You know, because I wanted to create the right energy. I, I didn't want it to be a rush thing. Like I really yeah. wanted to savor that moment. And savoring moments is also self-care, like slowing yeah. down. You're allowing your nervous system to slow down. You're soothing the vagus nerve. You're giving yourself the space to really be like, I was mindfully eating my Cheetos. It was a mindful practice. Okay. Yeah. I enjoyed every last crunch. My hands were yellow. My teeth were orange, whatever. Didn't care. Loved it. And I had that moment to carry with me. Right. So that was the first one. The second one was, so we delivered the last, the big day of the mango festival on the Sunday. I hadn't eaten for probably 48 hours. Not a good look, not a good thing. I do not advocate not eating for 48 hours, but it was that busy. It was that full on. And I was in bed the next morning, not wanting to wake up early, but body clock, whatever. So I was up and got a message from one of my friends here. And she said, Shan, 
this is like eight o'clock in the morning. He's like, do you want to go to the beach? Let me tell you something. I sprung out of bed so fast, right? Brush my teeth, wash my face, haul on my swimsuit. I was like, yes. (laughs) Within half an hour, she picked me up. We went to the beach at around 8.30 in the morning. I'm still sleepy mashup, right? From the three days. I ran to the ocean like a long lost lover. Okay. Honestly, I was like, I love you. And I just flung myself into the ocean and stayed swimming, floating, sitting on the beach with my girl for maybe three hours. It was the best thing. I don't even know if she knows how much she helped me on that day. And it just made me so grateful for my tribe here in Nevis, as much as I miss my family, my chosen family, my family in London, having that here as well. I'm just like, girl, you blessed. blessed. I was so grateful and it just helped. And I came home and I crashed. I went to sleep and it is exactly what I needed. So yeah, that's what brought me joy this week. Wow. That's beautiful. Especially those early morning swims. Yeah. Before the sun get high and mm-hmm. the water's still warm, but it's still cool and refreshing. The beach is very quiet. There's nobody there yes. except the yes. one, two joggers, you know, the exercise ones in the morning. Yes. But other than that, it's so peaceful. It's exactly what you needed. Yeah. It was just for my Cheetos and my early morning beach. That's what brought me joy. <laughs> I want to go and have a Cheetos ritual now. You should, <laughs> but you know, you might have to get Ashley to send you some because the chatter was in England <laughs> and not the one, and not the one. That's true. Oh, wow. All right, guys. So, Ashley, we are going to wrap up our show. It's been so good to have you. Really just enjoyed learning more, diving deeper into the world it reimagined. We know that Fiona has been just a force on the team. But we're also aware that she may not want to talk about it all the time. So having you here, being able to answer so many of our questions. And also, I think, just speaking for myself, really in terms of your personal journey and your upbringing in Oakland, California, you're being in New York right now and how that feels for you energetically, just giving us insight into that has been really useful and beautiful as well. And so I don't know, Fiona, Sherwin, is there anything that you want to share with Ashley before we say goodbye? Just that I love Oakland. I visited as a child. I visited as a child and that was probably one of my best vacations ever. I had family there. I don't even know if you feel in Oakland, but I had family there and it was, it was just so amazing. I remember having a barbecue in the park. And Mm -hmm. everybody was barbecuing and it was so nice. My first experience was so nice. So yes, that's what I want to add. I love Oakland a lot. (laughs) Uh, That makes me happy. It's a special place. It really is. It's transforming. It's changing. But I hope that throughout these changes, it's able to maintain its beauty because it really is a special place, an accepting place, a loving place. So I'm glad you experienced it. I just want to say, Ashley, thank you for coming today. But also thank you for being such a gentle energy, a gentle but very powerful energy in this journey of 
making the world reimagine happen. Every time we've had a meeting, especially like how you speak, it's very passionate, but it's also very, as I said, gentle and welcoming. And I think it really encourages people to listen to the intentions of the project. And that's your energy and how you articulate things in such a beautiful way, in a personable way, in a human way. And I've really appreciated and enjoyed getting to know you in this way. Honestly, honestly, honestly. And I just wanted to say thank you. And thank you for coming to do this. And one of the things I wanted to add, because you said like, I started as artistic chair and I felt like I couldn't let go and I wanted to continue, but Ashley really did had a lot of other massive commitments that she put on pause to commit to the world reimagined. Mm. And I think that's also a beautiful thing as well, because people don't understand the sacrifices that you have put aside to be part of this project and to do so in such a loving way, I'd say, because even in terms of when we've had conversations of how we liaise with artists, different entities of the project, I've never heard you complain. I've never heard you say anything mean or disparaging, even when there've been so many frustrations. <laughs> and I think that, and it's been enough. There's been so many and never at any point have you ever come across in any way negative. And even when we've had challenges, you've always come in a way of problem solving, also in a way of understanding maybe the human side of the person who may be presenting some form of hurdle in the project. Mm -hmm. And I think that was really encouraging to have you be part of the project. So I just wanted to say thank you. Oh, thank you, Fiona. That means so much to me. I really, really have so much love for you and so much love for the work that you're doing outside of the world we imagine, as well as obviously the work you're doing with us. But you're just, for me, a really a beacon of light. And that's so reflected in all of the people who follow you and have learned so much from the work that you're doing. So it is so mutual. I feel really just so thankful to have had this experience today. And and I can't wait to connect in person. But I'm going for either Nevis or St. Lucia, hopefully. (laughs) Yes, either one, actually. And both, actually. Both, both. You can come. You can come to Nevis anytime, whenever you're ready. Lucia, you're more than welcome. Uh, Thank you. I'm coming. (laughs) Excellent. Oh, so it's been lovely having you and you are our first guest for season two. (laughs) So very, very special indeed. I will one day stop doing that. I don't know when. (laughs) The the day is coming. The day is coming. But thank you so much, Ashley. It's been wonderful. Greetings, folks. And for this week's session of Under the Mango Tree, we bring you the sounds of Oakland, California with the classic hip-hop track, 93 to Infinity by Souls of Mischief. Brothers from Oakland, performed by our favorite Artikyal Badman from Jamaica, Gary Collins. Yeah. You know, I'm about to freestyle on this 93 till infinity beat, yeah? Put up to my, old, my homies from Oakland. One love. Love to my, all my homies in Oakland. Check this out. 
You'll fuck what you heard, that's first of all Deep in six is the curtain calls Was the first on the block, rocking all them flashes And Tommy Hill figures, and call Kanashes Back up the Acuras, ready to die hits Two Integras, where's the lot, bitch? Out in Miami, selling fake Rolexes On the I-95 or 98 gold Lexus Got new friends, but I change a few Yeah, new friends and what I aim to do But lifestyle's I'm the body of But the limp can't stop on me, not stop some fool like that. Guess what? Me not care what them think. In fact, guess what? Here's what I think. You know that. All right, so we've come to the end, people. I want to say a special thanks to Ashley for joining us it's been very very informative eye-opening and i cannot wait for the launch of the project so i want to thank you to our listeners we hope you enjoyed and yes remember a shared journey brings hope (laughs) bye y'all bye bye hey ashley thank you so much Relatable, because a shared journey brings hope. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.